It's the wrestling talk that happens after they kick us off the air. It's the finishing move, the dark matches. And now your hosts, Big John Radcliffe, Road Dog Adam Gillespie, and the bearded wrestling fan Chris Colwell. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another edition of the finishing move, the dark matches. Big John Radcliffe, along with my tag team partner for the evening, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie. Our That's me. The third member of our team, Chris Colwell. He is a little bit under the weather, but we are still going to do our no, absolute best. I don't know. I, you know, he came in pretty badly after the Royal Rumble predictions. So I don't know if he's ducking out because he didn't want to have to face the music, but you know that's something we'll talk about later. We'll talk about that one a little bit later on, but so we'll have to go with allegedly. Right now, he's under the weather for for, uh, journalistic integrity. Well, tonight we wanted to have a little bit of fun, and where I came up with this is I was watching uh, AEW. There were some moments in AEW, one in particularly where uh, John Moxley comes out and saves Darby Allen. And, you know, right now, Darby Allen's one of those enigmas. We we haven't figured him out. He doesn't say much. He's a very unique character. But it would have been kind of cool if he would have just sat up and gave him a proverbial low blow and went all heel on him. And so we know two of the greatest heel turns in pro wrestling history that ultimately one which was arguably already a, a Hall of Famer, the other one set him on pace to become a Hall of Famer. And we know what a heel turn can do for superstars. And so I wanted to talk about, you know, what superstars could have done with a heel turn and what how you think you would have felt about it. Now, the two I'm talking about, obviously Hulk Hogan with the NWO. That's an iconic one for Probably us. Probably the greatest heel turn, Correct. arguably. Hands down, one of the greatest. Another one was Shawn Michaels when he turned on Marty Jannetty in the uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the Barbershop, the super kick, then thrown through the window. But, you know, throughout the past few years, everybody has wanted to see Super Cena turn. Roman. Roman Reigns. We obviously don't know exactly what Randy Orton is, if he's heel face or somewhere. He's kind of like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You just don't know where he's going to learn. We've seen the big show go from heel to face to heel. Within a match. Within a match. (laughs) Now, one of the teams I thought about, and I I came up with a team to start. I don't think they've ever gone heel, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, because they were just monsters, and that's the Legion of Doom. Yeah, they were bad guys back in the day as Road Warriors. They were heel. In the way, NWO way, era? Yeah, NWA. NWA, excuse Way me, back sorry, in the right. day. I think they did have a heel run. Um, I Because I know at one point they were fighting Dusty Rhodes. Correct. And Dusty Rhodes was pretty much a face the whole time. So you want to talk about There's another one, face yeah. that maybe could have had a heel run. Maybe Dusty, but I don't ever remember him having a you know a true. Well, the NWO era. Uh, yeah, he I'm not going to count. <laughs> That's your truth. That's very true. He, he did pull the uh, NWO shirt off uh, there towards the end. Um, but was he? Yeah. Anyway, so I guess he did. <laughs> if we want to acknowledge that. R.I.P. Um, Dusty. I mean, all of us were in the NWO at some point, I think. Um, but yeah, so they did. I think so. Way back when, they definitely had a, a heel run. Okay. But um, but yeah, for the majority of their. They were the kind of just monsters. The vast majority of the career. The WCW era, their WWE run. Mm-hmm. before, And when they got rid of ultimately the uh, Road Warriors moniker and they became the Legion of Doom basically as their tag team, but they were always Road Warrior Animal, Road Warrior Hawk. Um, for a vast majority, I always remember them being faces. Yeah, now, obviously, yeah. they were you know they were monsters. And they always ended up with kind of a heel manager. They had Sonny. Well, Paul Ellersby. <laughs> Eller, Ellering, I can't say it. I can't. I'm so bad at names. Paul Ellering was their manager uh, back in the day, and he used to carry that newspaper around yes. and slap it in his hand. Um, but yeah, he was one of their big man, the longtime managers for them, uh, and and he that guy. But 
you know, that's not something you get a lot of when you associate, when you think of managers, you usually think of other heels. That's usually what they're a company. It's hard to come up with um, faces that have managers. I mean, right now you have Cody Rhodes, who has Arn Anderson as his coach. Uh, and, of course, we just don't have a lot of managers right now. Wouldn't you say um, uh, Mouth of the South? Jimmy Hart kind of went back well, and he forth. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was definitely heelish when he was with uh, the Hart stable back in the day. But when he flipped over to Hogan, that was definitely a face run for him. And then he turned on Hogan eventually Correct. with the Dungeon of Doom. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely had a, a face run. I'm just saying there's not a lot of them. Uh, that, I mean, when you think of the great managers, Jimmy could be argued. I think the greatest, in my opinion, was Bobby the Brain Heenan. That was definitely a heel manager for his whole career. Um, I guess would you also throw in there James E. Cornette? Yeah, oh yeah, Cornette's definitely in that discussion, no doubt. And that's you didn't talk about a heel manager. Yeah, I mean for he, sure. Uh, that that never really went face that I can remember, or at least mainstream went face. Um, uh, but Jimmy Hart, uh, Bobby the Brain, uh, even now uh, Paul uh, Dangerous. Paul, yeah, Paul, Paul, Paul Dangerous, yeah. Uh, when he was with the Dangerous Alliance and uh, and other uh, factions and, and ECW, um, but but yeah. Now another name that came to mind, I don't know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't ever remember him being a heel. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't. I don't. I don't. I remember it. Could you? Because I remember the legendary battles of him and Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah, and uh, even Savage. Yeah, I was gonna say with Macho Man, Randy Savage. I remember those moments. I don't ever. Now he always was able to reinvent himself. He came back as the Dragon, where he went full costume. So he started off kind of, I want to say like the karate uniform with his wrestling tights and his headband on, and then he'd come back with the Dragon uniform and he'd spew fire. Fire, yeah. So he he was one of the faces that I always remember that we never got a chance to see. And I think he definitely could have stood to have had one because I think it was something that it would have given him a different look, a different edge, and he could have gone a few different directions with that. Yeah, well, I think it's always interesting to say to uh, to to say who could have had a heel run or a heel who could have turned face, try to turn face, because it just you get to reinvent your character by yet being pretty much the same character. You're not getting a whole new gimmick. You're just kind of doing things differently and approaching matches and, and promos and, and what you do differently. So, I mean, Ultimate Warrior was obviously a face his yeah, whole career. True. I don't know what he was when he was the Dingo Warrior tag team with uh, Sting, but as the Ultimate Warrior in WWE and WCW, he was a, a face his whole time. Could he? I mean, he could have turned heel. At some point, right? And did, and, and, did he ever cut promos? Though I mean, remember? Oh, he, he cut promos, but I mean, the, the galactic stars above, and the, I, I mean, but if you knew, if you could understand what the hell he was talking about, <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, the man was preaching to us, man. Yeah, he we, was. We believed everything he said. Is there is there anyone who had a a heel run, but the majority of their career that you think could have done well as a face? You know, kind of flip the script on from that angle. Uh, one that comes to mind, I don't know if it would have helped him or how it would have worked out. He would have had to do a lot of changing to do it. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. That, that's who popped into my head uh, because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how it, what Ted DiBiase was before he became the t- Million Dollar Man as far as face or heel uh, and some of the Georgia Championship Wrestlings and Texas uh, promotions that he was in way back then, uh, Houston. Um, but... Um, yeah, I think I don't. His persona now, his persona. I, I've got millions of dollars, and you don't. Doesn't really lend itself to being a face, correct? But uh, I, you know, he maybe 
somewhere you have a, a, a face run in there, uh, even as a manager when he was like the million-dollar corporation and he was supposedly funding the NWO. All of those were uh, heel runs. I mean, I guess I could say if you if you did a face run with him, it's where you take an up-and-coming wrestler and he's funding him to success. He, You know, um, it's kind of to help well, get Well, he did someone. that with Austin. Remember when, yes, when Austin the first was the ringmaster? He, he, he was, was the, the heel, he, Yeah, yeah, he was. And he was the million-dollar champion deemed by the, uh, Ted DiBiase. Uh, I mean, Ted is definitely, you know, a, is very much looked back on and cherished, I think, by many wrestling fans from that generation. And, you know, he goes around and preaches now, and he's uh, very much in that faith um, lifestyle. Uh, so he's very much a... A face now, I guess. Now, and um, Mark Zeno and I had a debate about this. Do you acknowledge Ted DiBiase as a world champion? Because remember, he purchased one from Andre, Andre the Giant. No, WWE no, doesn't not, acknowledge he's it. Not, he's not a world champion in my book. He's a million-dollar champion. Correct. There's but only not, been, But not a world, a WWE champion. Now, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask. How many million-dollar champions have there been? Oh, now, I probably could. Well, we just named two. With Ringmaster and Million Dollar Man, correct, and then Virgil held it for a little while, correct. right? So there's three. Um, I don't know if there was more or not. Ted DiBiase Jr. is the only other one I can come there up you with. Go. Yeah, Junior. That's it. He gave it to Junior, and so I we think got those four. are the only four. I don't because remember he it was never officially recognized as a title. Yeah. by the WWE, they just allowed him to walk around. And I with think it. even when he would lose matches, he didn't. You know, give the belt. No, he never so gave him the belt. He, he said it was not my belt. <laughs> so yeah, I think we, I think we're pretty safe saying there was only four. I don't know if that's officially uh, in the record books as only four, but I think we're safe with that. Now, did Goldberg ever have a true heel run? I mean, he had a yeah, moment no. where he kind of went dark. Did he? I don't know. Almost remember. like well, it was kind of towards the tail end of the NWO. He did some heelish type things, but he wasn't truly a heel. It was kind of like when Sting became the crow, he left with all the surfers, surfer looks, the colorful looks, and went, you know, basically black and white. Um, but he, I guess, you know, he never really went to a moment where he just went full-on heel. He never joined a faction. It was always just kind of Goldberg was the one-man wrecking crew. Uh, we know the Stinger, obviously, when he went to Impact Wrestling, he joined the main event Mafia. So that's kind of what removes him from this list. But... Could you imagine Ric Flair having a face turn? Because we always oh, think well, of, now he flipped back and forth throughout his whole career. But I mean, when we think of it in totality, his and his greatest success was as a heel, right? Oh, he, no, yeah, by far with the Four Horsemen, the yes. majority of it, you know, in the eighties, uh, being the basically the leader, I guess you would call of that group, uh, and even in Evolution. I mean, no, no, Ric Flair. I mean, when your nickname, your moniker is the dirtiest player in the game. You're kind of got to live it. <laughs> now, he got to the point, kind of, I guess you could argue, like Austin, where he just got so over with the fans that whether he was the bad guy or the good guy, he People was getting cheers. And, and he's, I mean, when you're arguably, when you're the number two greatest wrestler in the history of wrestling behind only Hulk Hogan, yeah. <laughs> and I guess some would argue the flop of that, but in my book, he's the, he'll be number two. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, deserve, you, you deserve cheers. But yeah, I mean, you're you're going to be cherished and loved, and memory and the memory of you is going to be favorable. Yeah, completely. Um, and plus, I will say this: I have met Ric Flair a couple of times. I've been uh, lucky enough at Georgia Games, and 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 in person, he is as nice and uh, generous with his time as nonstop fans approach him for autographs or pictures. 
Uh, so he's as nice a guy in li- in real life as you could ever want, and as um, courteous and nice to fans uh, that tr- truly. I, we we saw him um, uh, three years ago when Georgia played in the SEC championship yeah. game against Alabama. He was in a suite, and I was able to sneak over there and and meet him. Uh, he was with Conrad Thompson, his now uh, son-in-law, and um, and and people. He was he would he would stand up. Do a picture with somebody, sit down, and as soon as he sat down, he would be standing Stand back right up, back up. Man. And he continuously did that as long as people were coming over. So uh, definitely one of the absolute nicest uh, people you would hear, and you would meet in person. If you weren't a fan of Ric Flair, did you? Was it his thirty for thirty that ESPN did on him? Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that for me, just to watch that to hear his story, you. Know, I was already a Ric Flair fan. Yes. That added just kind of another layer to it. No that it was just like, okay, this guy is by, by far icon status in pro wrestling and honestly now in pop culture because i mean you got rap oh yeah he's coming out to rap yeah rap concerts and like at the georgia when he uh was at the georgia game he got one of the biggest pops yes of anybody that day uh you know at sanford stadium but yeah i I think that transcended wrestling and that even non-wrestling fans could enjoy that 30 for 30 just like the andre the giant documentary correct that came out not too long after uh on hbo yeah, he's one of those ones that now it's just kind of really cool. And if he's so gracious with his time, come visit the finishing move. <laughs> well, I don't think it's uh, – well, yeah. We may have to bankroll that visit. Now, I don't know how gracious he is for free. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm good for $3 and a $20 gift card to Hooters. What you got? <laughs> I might do it. <laughs> uh, another guy that I thought of. I don't think he ever had a heel turn. I'm Well, a minor one. Uh, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what was the minor one? It was uh, that in uh, TNA or something? No, it was in uh, WCW. What was it? The He had a different name. It was him, Conan. Booker T went by Soul Brother. The They were like mil- G.I. Bro? Yeah, G.I. Bro. It was like they were they were a military group. I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah it, was that in the later days of, of WCW? This was, it was a bad stretch That's for probably them. Probably why they failed. Because they were trying to grow factions and make their factions. Conan was the leader of it. Was Ray, he ever a part of the LWO? No, he never Ray joined wasn't. the LWO. LWO, he was never a part of that. He, uh, he, he had lost his mask because this is when WCW had the luchadors losing them as him, Juventud Guerrera. Uh, they had all lo- started losing their mask, which ultimately, you know, if you know uh, luchador wrestling, them not having their mask on is kind of a huge disrespect. Um, in terms of, like, someone like Triple H, you know, he started off as a heel. We saw the face moments. Do you think that helped his career? Because I, th- I think Triple H was almost destined to be great. Ooh. Um, yeah, I you know DX just got to the, got to that point too where they were just over with the fans, uh, and you know you wanted to be able to s- chant "suck it" when they were coming out there, so you know that you were going to get that pop and got written up many times at school in high school for, <laughs> yeah, for so, screaming at hat and so, flags um, at football games. So yeah, I, yeah, I mean I I think he's a better well I don't know he, he is fun him and Shawn Michaels out there as DX, but I I think. Triple H was always better as a heel uh, than a uh, face. Now, he, the one guy that, uh, even as I'm looking it up, one guy that he was a heel as a part of a faction, but I'd like to see him do it almost on his own and it could destroy the faction, and that, I'd be okay with that. Kofi Kingston. Never individually was he a heel. He's been a face his entire career. Well, New Day was kind of heelish. That's what I said. As a faction, yeah, okay, he okay. was a heel, yeah. but 
if he were to ever, I, I've always said, if you're going to destroy New Day, it's going to almost, you know, and you hate to be cliche, that it's going to have to be almost like the shield where, uh, you know, they went back and forth, heel face, heel face, and Seth Rollins was the one that ultimately turned the coin to turn the corner and, and say, and turn heel on, on uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, excuse me. Um, so it's going to have to be him who's going to be the one that I'd be okay if he kind of turned on him a little bit more. Um, In that vein, I mean, technically, when the Shield first came, they were heelish. So if correct, you want to count Rome, Roman, uh, you, you would have, have to say heel. he had to have a heel run uh, when they first were coming and sneak attacking and uh, you know, power bombing Undertaker through the announce tables and stuff like that. So, I mean, technically, but as truly, I, I, I agree. I'm saying as a solo act, I would like to see uh, Roman have a heel run. I agree. You you won't get an argument from that. Now, the tricky part that comes out of that, though, Roman already wears black. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not worried about that. But I, I, I think the fans would eat it up, though. Uh, but then I don't know. how It'd be tough to turn them back face because – because uh, I think he's so hated would, already. <laughs> yeah, he's already not like, and I think some of the boos are starting to creep back in. At least they were, in my opinion, at, at in Houston uh, for the Royal Rumble. Uh, so we'll see if they can fend those back off. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I now some famous heel turns throughout history. Because what? Who was one of your favorites? Like I'll go ahead and, and throw out one of my favorites that I was happy he kind of turned. He went back and forth, but when he became the rated R superstar edge because when he was with the brood there was a little bit that was there we didn't know exactly what that faction was him he wasn't he wasn't a main correct he wasn't a mainstay at that that point in time but when he got won the money in the bank contract uh really appreciated him and lita dating that 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 was a very uh fun run to watch and then him and vicky were a great heel pair yes forgot about that him vicky uh and even when he got the edgeheads yeah, uh, Zach Ryder and um, oh, why can't I think of the third uh, third member? He's still there though. He's Zach Ryder's current partner, um, Kurt Hawkins. Yes, Kurt Hawkins. I, I think he had. I think it pushed him to another level because I think the mysterious edge had grown stale. I think we we had reached a point of he was only going to go so far with that, and and he kind of needed to have a heel turn to get himself to the Hall of Famer that he's become. Yeah, I think it. I I I do agree. Unless you can really be, I think Hulk Hogan was an anomaly um, in the '80s, and I don't think that today's you know people really want a babyface guy who is just babyface nonstop and kind of shoved down your throat. I think that passed in the 80s with Hogan and you could argue with me about Cena and Roman right now but I would but also look at the I mean we got into points where they were getting uh, uh, you know booze like we just talked about with Roman Cena definitely got his booze and, and Cena sucked chance throughout the uh, arena um, and so I I just don't think people want that today for full time. They want to see an evolution of a character. They everybody has that maybe that little bit of bad in them, and sometimes you want to see that come out. I think the thing that was unique with Hogan, and correct me if I'm wrong, Hogan was one of the first superstars back in the '80s that you think of that he reached out to kids. He his whole thing was each of his whole moniker was directed. It wasn't direct, and because remember pro wrestling back then it was. It wasn't geared towards kids. It was geared towards adults. It was the thing that, you know, your dad watched and your uncles. And maybe, you know, I I got into wrestling watching it with my great aunt. Mm -hmm. And 
Hulk Hogan came about and he geared himself towards kids and it just carried on for generations. It was like Bailey. Bailey came out. She geared herself towards kids. And then it's just kind of the grownups of us were kind of like, all right, enough with the ponytail and the, the, the inflatables. The, the inflatables and, yeah. oh, you're so nice. You're so sweet. I love the heel in her now. I love the heel character that she is. I think it was I think it was much needed. I, I think it was that was what Hogan's success was. Same same for uh Sting. I think the colorfulness, the haircuts. I mean, I remember when I moved here from from New York coming, you know, most of the white guys I knew, they had the sting haircut, the high and tight, <laughs> and the tail in the back. Yeah, the tattoo. It, it was just. Please don't tell me you had one. No, I. Well, I had, if you no, did, please tell me you had no, pictures. I did not, and no, I do not, because <laughs> that would really have been awesome. It was kind of, I think, gearing themselves towards kids, and now I think that's the challenge. Where you know, you look at someone like Sasha Banks, who arguably is better as a heel than she is as a face. It's not really geared towards kids. Now she'll pick on kids. But I don't think she's really geared as much for it as she was before. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, has made Hulk Hogan unique. If Cena did a heel turn now, would you be excited for him to come back? I don't think he's ever coming back full time. But if he came back and did, um, you know, a short run or kind of like what apparently Edge is going to be doing where he's got a handful of dates uh, every year. As a heel, I, I'd be okay with it. It'd be interesting to see. Maybe that would re—I think that would definitely re-energize his character uh, on a different level to where fans could, uh, you know, be more interested in seeing what he's going to do than just come in and do his stick with the "You can't see me" and the, um, you know that that what can- what bright colored T-shirt am I going to wear tonight? But it's you know, I, I think if he did that, I think it would help prolong his career although i mean his career is going to be as long as it want as yeah, he wants like, he's it 42 to be. now yeah I mean, but he, and, and he can he'll vince mcmahon will always welcome him back correct he can come whenever he wants or or he can um but i think it would be interesting to see him do a heel run on a short-term basis at least uh colorful cena or master or doctor of thugonomics which one did you prefer i didn't prefer either oh any version of Cena where you I haven't been? really ever been a fan really no join the club no. what did you think of um Brock Lesnar when he did the face turn because remember there was that time where he was kind of fun loving Brock yeah he was taking on Eddie Guerrero uh I remember like he came out and he had like a mariachi band and he, he was salsa <laughs> dancing and it, it was you know here was this guy who was just just that Paul Heyman named him just perfectly the beast incarnate he was the beast of a man and then he just came out and he had a mariachi band and was dancing around. Yeah, I, you know, he's ha- always had a pocket of fans that have cheered him and enjoyed him. And I enjoy him as a heel. Uh, I know there's some people now who just don't like him at all uh, because they don't. he doesn't wrestle enough or you don't see the championship. And, and, I, and I understand that. I've been through that as well. Uh, but, you know, I think he's, I think he's a, good, a good guy, but definitely better heelish. Um, even when um, he came out, I guess not after he won Money in the Bank, and he kind of had it up by the, he would hold it up by his head and act like it was a boombox, a boombox, yeah, and kind of dance. Uh, you know, that's just him. I think that's just him and his sense of humor uh, coming shining through, through a little yeah, bit more. Bit Look, you got to respect that. Now, one one name, and as I'm just looking up a few people, two names actually. I don't ever remember them having a face turn. Mister Perfect, Kurt Henning, and Ravishing Rick Rude. 
Well, Henning, I guess you could argue, and WCW had a little when uh, the country. I, I guess it just depends. Um, if you and then he definitely got a big pop when he returned and came to the Royal Rumble. I guess in '02 or um, the one here in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, I, no, and he even was a face um, in WC and WWE when he and uh, Ric Flair broke up. When he was like the manager of Ric Flair or, yes, the, or advisor of Ric yeah. Flair, and they kind of broke up, and that that match was what ended. Uh, you know, it was a a retirement match, and Ric Flair had to retire and leave, and that's when he went back to WCW. He was a face at that time. Okay, what about Rick Rude? I don't ever remember him having one. I don't remember him having a face run. I don't think his now he work. was with DX, but DX, you know, at the very very beginning. But I think that's when DX. I can't, were they face or heel when they very first started? Oh, they were completely heels. Okay, so then, they were just comical heels. Yeah. So then, uh, so then, yeah, that would have been a, a heel as well. I don't know. I don't remember him having it. Definitely not. Because I know the particularly when in his prime, it wouldn't have worked for him because his whole shtick was coming out gyrating. This is before Val Venus and faces didn't do that. They they didn't come out and uh, you know. Yeah, and he had Bobby Heenan as he his manager. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, Bobby Heenan was never a face. Oh, no. He was always a heel not, not as a manager, no. I don't know, man. I'm intrigued to see what, what changes we'll have because, you know, you still got so many. Like, we, we see Gold, Goldust is still hanging on in AEW where he's keeping his face run going. Uh, obviously, Jericho is the master heel. Uh, Even MJF over that's there. That's what I was going to ask, one of the MJF. top heels in wrestling right now. All right, then you answered the question I was about to ha- ask and. We're kind of on the same page with that one. Who's the top heel right now? I got to go with M- MJF as well for you. I, I, I say, I say too. I say as that too, uh, and that may be for all of wrestling, as I'm, far as I'm, WWE and AEW. I, I won't argue. Not as with in you. touch with some of the other promotions, but those two main ones, I would say. I, I won't argue that with you. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for us tonight here on the finishing move. The dark matches. Me, my tag team partner. Man, it's been a while. I love Colwell, but it's been a while since it's been. Just the Dang, two of us. That's right. It feels good. If it feels good, why are you going to stop? You always got to make it weird, don't you, bro? You've been listening to the Finishing Moves, the Dark Matches. You can also hear us on the Atlanta Sports X every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m., 1230 a.m., 106.3 FM, and download the Atlanta Sports X app. On behalf of my tag team partners, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, Chris Colwell, the bearded, whatever name he's using this month. I'm John Radcliffe, and this has been The Finishing Move. Good night.